the righteousness of faith. All right, so set your eyes on these words and just listen and follow along and let it get into you. Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then comes the devil and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no root which for a while believe and in time of temptation fall away. So we see something going on here. The word's coming forth. We're hearing it. But is it doing anything? The devil's a liar. He came to steal. He came to kill and he came to destroy. And the first thing he's after is the word. If he can steal the word out from your heart, you won't have any faith and you cannot receive anything that grace has made available. Right? So, don't be wayside. Listen and understand and believe it. Don't be on the rock. Don't just believe now, oh yeah, this is great, I love this, and then temptation, fall away. Don't let them steal the word. Uh, 14. And they that fell on the thorns, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares, anxiety, worry, riches, pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to perfection. So the fruit's coming, but it didn't, it didn't finish. It just rotted and fell off, and no good. But that on the good ground, that's you. Hallelujah. Amen. Honest heart, good heart, having heard the word, which is the seed, keep it, guard it, bring forth fruit with patience. No man, when he has lighted a candle, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed, but sets it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear. For whosoever has, to him shall be given. Whosoever has what? Ears. Ears to hear. Listening. Whosoever has ears to hear and to listen, to him shall be given. To him shall be given more seed. More seed will come because you hear. And that's the seed being sown into the heart. If you don't listening, if you don't have ears to hear, you're not going to get anything. It just... Gone. Take heed therefore how you hear. For whosoever has to him shall be given. Whosoever has not, from him shall be taken even which he seems to have or even thinks he has. So you might think you have it. But do you have it? Alright. So, you have ears to hear. You have eyes to see. And you have a heart to understand. Alright, so this is going to do something for you. Go to Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read about a little bit of creation here. Uh, verse 9. And it reads, And out of the ground 
made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, or the middle of the garden, the center of the garden, had the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15, The Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Keep it, guard it. Interesting. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Every tree. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. Alright. Dress it and keep it, watch over it, eat everything, but don't eat that one. Just one tree. Pretty simple. Chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. Well, we just talked about him. He's the thief. He's come to steal, right? Steal the word. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Hmm. Got to watch out for him. He's deceptive. He'll take something that sounds right and just twist it a little bit. Right? Yeah, right. Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Huh. We just read there was two trees in the middle of the garden. She's only talking about one. And don't touch it? Well, he told the man to dress it and keep the garden. Just don't eat it. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. Whoa. Now he's getting more bold. He just contradicted the Lord. For God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, which God says, and pleasant to the eyes, that's true. And a tree desired to make one wise? Hmm. She took of the fruit thereof, did eat, gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, made themselves aprons, heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, so on and so forth. So their eyes were opened. Well, they weren't blind. They could see the tree. Her conscience was awakened to the knowledge of good and evil. They had two trees in the middle of that garden, could have eaten of the one of life, they were allowed to, and the temptation came from the enemy for that one tree they weren't supposed to eat from. She ate of it, he ate of it, their conscience was then awakened to the knowledge of good and evil, and God said, You surely die. Well, did they die? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, they definitely died. God didn't lie. I mean, Satan said, oh, you know, you, you won't surely die. Well, I mean, their physical body was still somewhat functioning. But they, all of a sudden they knew they were naked. Something happened. They're afraid. Something happened. They died. Okay, so two trees in the middle of the garden. What about us? They died spiritually, right? Okay. You're a spirit. You have a soul, and you're in a body. What's in the middle? The soul. 
Well, that woman was looking at the wrong thing and she was listening to the wrong thing. What are you looking at? What are you listening to? What's your conscience awakened to? Go to Romans chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 14. And in the 14th verse, Apostle Paul writing to the church says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Now we've got to understand that in the Bible, sin in the English, you got to watch it. Because there's two different words that are translated sin that I know of in Greek. One's a noun, one's a verb. So there is sin action, there's also sin thing. Sin thing could be the sin itself, but more specifically the sin nature. Adam and Eve ended up with the sin nature when they rebelled against the command of God. That's sin. Sinning is the action that follows. Alright? For sin, noun, the thing, the sin nature, shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Under grace. What then shall we sin? That's the verb. Shall we sin action because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Now I'm going to back up. In verse 16, obey shows up twice. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servant or a slave to obey, do what he says, action, his servant you are to whom you obey. That word, whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, that Greek word doesn't mean compliance. It means listen. What are you listening to? His servant you are to whom you are listening to, attentively, hearkening, heeding, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Two things. Are you listening to sin unto death or are you listening unto obedience unto righteousness? What are you listening to? What are you looking at? All right? 17. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, noun, sin nature, the enemy, the lust of the flesh, pressures, so on. But you have obeyed from the heart. Obeyed there is listen. You've listened to from the heart that form of doctrine or that amplified says standard of teaching in which you were instructed. So we've got a soul. This is where we make our decisions. In our mind we have choices and they're based on what? What we're listening to. Am I listening to all the senses? Am I listening to sin? Am I listening to do bad things? Bad things happen to you. You're going to die. You're condemned. You're a failure. God doesn't love you anymore. Got to start over. You had this faith thing really going there for a while, but you fell down the ladder. Now you got to start climbing it up again. 
Faith isn't a ladder. <laughs> We're walking. If you trip, just get back up. You don't have to go back to where you started. You just get up and keep going. We're not falling from the top to the bottom. We just get, keep going. We haven't lost progress. Just get back up. So, what are you listening to? Sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So there's two doctrines here. He says that you've listened to that form of doctrine to which was delivered unto you. What, there's two doctrines. The sin unto death doctrine, teaching, or obedience unto righteousness. Now, obedience unto righteousness, that, that does not mean if you do enough right things, you'll become righteous. But it sounds like it. Because that would be works. Now, we're not under the law, under grace. I mean, we probably most of us know that. But what does that mean to us? Okay, I'm not under the law. I didn't cut an animal's throat today. I just plead the blood of Jesus. That's good. Okay, I'm not doing those things that are listed in the law. Okay, that's, you know, your business, I suppose. Some things maybe you should do because they're actually pretty good. But you're not doing it to attain righteousness. You're not doing it to lose that sin nature and become righteous with the divine nature. You're not earning it. Because it's by grace. But you have to take it by faith. So what is obedience unto righteousness? Go to chapter 16. Because this is all just a letter. I mean, he's talking here, so this thing's all... In context, let's read it in context. What's obedience unto righteousness? Romans chapter 16, 25. All right, 16, 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. Go to the beginning of the letter in chapter 1. Romans 1, when you get to Romans 1, look at the fifth verse, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. Well, we read in chapter 6, obedience unto righteousness. And this is said obedience to the faith. Chapter, or not chapter, uh, down in verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. We're righteous by faith unto faith. In other words, you can't live by faith until you're righteous. But you can't get righteous without faith. (laughs) So believe what He said in your heart. 
God has raised Jesus from the dead. Confess Him as Lord. You'll be saved. You'll become righteous. Now, from there, live the Christian walk and receive all the inheritance by faith. Right? Chapter 3, he says it even again. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. So obedience unto the unto righteousness is obedience to believe that I'm the righteousness of God by faith in what Jesus did, not based on my behavior, based on my actions. Chapter 9, he says it yet again. Romans 9.30 What shall we say then? That the Gentiles which followed not after righteousness or weren't pursuing righteousness have attained to righteousness? Even the righteousness which is of faith? But Israel which followed after the law of righteousness there was nothing wrong with the law. The law is good. It's holy. It's just. It's right. It's pure. It's spiritual. But had not attained to the right the law of righteousness? Verse 32. Wherefore? Because they sought it not by faith. They didn't seek it by believing. But as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at the stumbling stone. He clarifies it a little more in uh, chapter 10 verse 3. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Self-righteousness is like living under the law. As far as analogy goes, the pattern. Alright? It doesn't work. It won't get the righteousness of God. You can't earn it. Well, if you can't earn it with your actions, you can't lose it with your actions either. Right? The devil seeks to come and steal, like we started with, the word. Well, what's he going to do when you do something wrong? You snapped at your wife because whatever reason. Oh, you're a failure. You know, she. I got to make it up to her now. Do you? No, but really, I mean, it's it's nice to, but why are you making it up? You've got to earn her trust back. You've got to earn her love back. You don't believe she loves you anymore? Did she take the ring off? Does God not think you're righteous anymore because you tripped on the way to walking out the plan for your life? You had a bad thought. You did a wrong thing that day. You yielded to it. Are you no longer righteous because of that? No, but the devil will try to tell you you're not. He'll beat you over the head with it, and if you let him, you start thinking that way. What are you listening to? What are you looking at? Because whatever you listen to, you're going to be conscious of, and whatever you're conscious of is going to govern your life. If you are righteous, and you think you're a failure, you're going to act like a failure. If you think you're a sinner, even though you're not, you're going to act like one. 
That's no good. We have to know who we are. We've got to identify with Jesus and we've got to have that proper image and think that way. We've got to listen to that. Look at the tree of life. Look at obedience unto the faith unto righteousness. Okay, I tripped, I fell, I did the wrong thing, I said the wrong thing, I did the wrong thing, whatever. Get over it. (laughs) Believe I'm righteous by faith and keep going and don't entertain those thoughts. It's hard sometimes. It's really hard. But you can do it. I know you can. I know you can. All right. So with that cleared up, let's go to Romans chapter 5. So we're clear here, right? We're, what are we listening to? What are we looking at with our, with our thinking? Okay? Verse 17, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Well, we want to reign in life. To reign is to rule. It's to govern. What's governing our life and what are we governing? It's going to be based on the gift of righteousness reigning in life. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Condemnation comes from the devil, yeah. Why? Because he's taking advantage of what you did or what you thought or your action and condemning you. Saying, oh, no, the law says that's wrong. Well, it may be wrong, but I don't need the enemy telling me it's wrong. Threatening me. I need my father in love correcting me. Right? Do you tell your children they're rotten to the core when they do something wrong? No, but the devil will. That's condemnation. Rather, you instruct them in love and raise them up. No, no, not this way, son, like this. So yeah, we've got to know right from wrong, but not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that the devil said eat. Nineteen. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. See, by Jesus' obedience we were made righteous. So our obedience unto righteousness is obedience to believe that He did it right. 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. We are more righteous today than we ever were sin. That's right. They're opposites, but they're not equal. Righteousness is much more powerful than sin. That as sin is reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto life, unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Six. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Sin. Noun. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Well, God forbid. How can you? You died to sin. You can't live there anymore. Peter said it this way. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive unto righteousness. You can't be both. We don't have two natures. That's messed up. That doesn't work. You got one nature. You're either born again and you're righteous, or you're not and you're a sinner. Three. 
Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that the old man is crucified. That sin nature was killed and destroyed on that cross with Jesus. And when we receive that by faith, that's when it takes effect. Individually. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Don't serve sin. That doesn't mean don't do sins. Because, I mean, even as a righteous man, you're going to sin. It's part of growing up. It's also part of living in this world with the tempter out there, messing with things. Verse 7, For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, or died, past tense, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died unto sin once. But in that He lives, He lives unto God. That's perpetually. So you die to sin once, you live unto God forever. Likewise, verse 11, Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. One time. Die to it once. But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign, rule, control you in your mortal body. You're not your body. So don't let the body tell you what to do. We have to listen to our senses. They're part of our being. But they don't have to make the final decision. They can be used in the decision. Right? I mean, if something's going wrong with my vehicle and the light comes on the dashboard, I'm not going to do something foolish and cause a car wreck just because the light came on. I'll assess the situation, see where I'm at in traffic, so on and so forth, and if I need to pull over and it's suitable, then you pull over. You don't just slam on the brakes or shut off the ignition or whatever. Especially on the freeway these days. <laughs> wow. Anyway, verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey. There's that word obey again. That's the word listen. That you should listen to it in the lust thereof. Don't listen to the pressures put on the flesh. By the environment. By the enemy. He's a flesh devil. He doesn't have access to your spirit. And That's right. He's trying to get to you, the spirit man, from the, ins- from the outside in. He's trying to get you from the senses. He's trying to get you from the mind and those thoughts to get access because he can't get in there. He can't control you. So he's trying to get you to yield to what your vehicle says. Oh, it feels funny. <laughs> you know, pain is a thought. You might think there's something wrong, and there's nothing wrong. It's just a thought the enemy planted. Well, he'll give you a thought and then cause a symptom at the same time, so you think it's real. It might be, it might not be. But you're smarter than that. Verse 13, Neither yield you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't yield to that sin nature. That sin being, that sin thing. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law, but under grace. 
What then? Shall we sin action? Shall we do sins? Because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, His servants you are to whom you are listening to, whether of sin unto death, over obedience to the faith, unto righteousness? But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart. You've listened to from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Being made then free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Serve righteousness. Serve righteousness. I'm a righteous being. I'm thinking this way. I'm looking at it. It's governing my life. Now I'm doing righteous things. Nineteen. I speak after the manner of men because of your the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have, past tense, yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness. The law says this. This is the way it works. But if you do it wrong, it doesn't work. <laughs> Even so now yield you your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. The end of those things is death. Solomon said, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. It seems right. The senses say, I can see it. I mean, it's, it's all over you, but you can't be only governed by your body. You won't get anywhere good might be good for a little bit or a little while or in certain places, but it, you must know. I mean, I can't be the only one. It doesn't work always. <laughs> but now, being made freed from sin. Sin. The sin nature. You're free from the sin nature. You're free from the enemy. You're free from his pressure. And become servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness. Why? Because you're righteous. Righteousness unto holiness. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death. Death has a paycheck. Or sin has a paycheck. It's death. But the gift of God, what's the gift of God? Chapter 5 tells us it's the righteousness by faith. Grace is the gift, but what did grace give? It gave righteousness by faith. Yeah. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So back in, where were we? Obeyed from the heart. 17. You have obeyed from the heart. Obeyed from the heart. Listened to from the heart. What are we looking at and what are we listening to? Let's go to 1 John 3. And just look at one reason. I'm not saying this is every reason. This is just that reason, just an example of why this is so necessary. So 1 John 3, when you get there, look at the 20th verse. And he says, For if our heart condemn us, why would our heart condemn us? Knowing right, not doing it, doing wrong, knowing the difference, I did wrong. Guilt. Condemnation. Fear of punishment. Fear of consequences. Because we're not under the law, we're under grace. But sin still has consequences. 
You're still righteous. God still loves you. You're still heaven bound. You're not going to be judged for it. The judgment already went on Jesus. But there's still consequences. Right? I mean, if you slap somebody, you're still going to get a negative response. (laughs) Or whichever. (laughs) If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. If our heart condemns us not, if we're not listening to that sin, if we're not listening to that death, if we're not listening to that accusation, you're going to have a clear conscience. Then have we confidence towards God. So the devil's trying to steal our confidence. Well, faith is a confidence of things hoped for. Faith won't work in a condemned heart. And then you won't be able to receive the grace. And you're stuck. Live a miserable life as the righteousness of God until the rapture. What's the point of that? Might as well go to heaven now. Get trained there and come back later. But wouldn't you rather have victory now and just use everything Jesus gave you and just whoop them? Do what Athena was talking about, get that seed, sow it, reap that harvest and do more good works? Yeah? Yeah, let's do that. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He's not condemning us. The only reason our heart condemns us is if we're thinking and looking at the wrong thing and listening to the enemy saying, yeah, you did it. My Bible tells me in Colossians that I'm holy and without blame. I'm unaccusable in His sight. So, I'm not getting accused before God. The only one doing the accusing is the enemy. He's accusing me to myself, He's accusing God to me, and He's accusing us to each other. To cause mess. If our heart condemn us not, we have confidence towards God. And here's the point. Whatever we ask, we receive of Him. Prayer is going to work. Faith is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because I'm listening to righteousness by faith, not by actions. Because, I mean, you're walking by faith, you're doing what you know to do, and then you fall. Oh, I've got to start over. I was doing so well. No. No. Just get back up and keep going. I'm the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 8. We like Romans. There's a lot of good things in it. That's what it's for. The Bible on your fingers. So Romans chapter 8, first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Remember, sin is the noun. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh... The law is spiritual. Remember, Israel sought after the law by works. They sought it by the flesh. That's why they didn't get anywhere with it. So the law wasn't the problem. They couldn't do it because it was weak through the flesh. God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Sin is condemned. I'm not. Something goes wrong and you do something wrong, the devil starts beating you up with it. Starts condemning you? No, no, no. That sin's condemned. Get out of here. That sin's guilty. I'm not guilty. Now, under the pure, all things are pure, right? So we're not going to get sloppy with our living just because I'm righteous whether I fall or not. 
No, we're, we're seeking to do things right. We're just not going to let the wrong things stop us and cripple us from carrying on. Four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Now the flesh is the senses. Five senses you have. And that comes from setting your mind. What are you looking at? What are you listening to? Are you looking at that tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Are you listening unto sin, unto death, or righteousness by faith? Okay? For they that are after the... Oh, where was I? Verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. you got a choice. What are you setting your mind on? What are you allowing to govern your life? Are you governing it by the Spirit? And what you know and what you believe? Or are you governing it by the senses from the outside? Outside in or inside out? Actions follow from the inside. Don't take your identity from your behavior. That's the devil's trick. He'll say you are what you do. No. You do what you believe. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. My Greek footnote says, the minding of the flesh. The minding of the flesh is death, but the minding of the Spirit is life and peace. Remember the tree of life? Life and peace. Because the carnal mind or the minding of the flesh is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So seeking to do right things by the flesh, it's not subject to the law of God. You have to do it from the inside. It has to be by faith. We're a spirit, soul, body being. To only be doing the actions of a law that's written on a piece of stone or paper and say, yeah, I did that. Well, what was the attitude like? Was there any faith in it? So on and so forth. Jesus took the law and brought it down to His purest form. He says, okay, you say you haven't killed anybody. Do you hate your brother? Why? Because the hate leads to the murder. We've got to put the whole thing together as a whole, spirit, soul, and body. We're not living only by outside evidences. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, because we please Him by faith. But you are not in the flesh. You're not in the flesh. But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Is He dwelling in you? Amen. Amen. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, and the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by His Spirit that dwells in you. That's good news. That's good news. The Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Go back to chapter 6 and look at the fourth verse. 
Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, there it is again, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we should also be in the likeness of His resurrection. There's the resurrection again. Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. So we're righteous. We've got that nature, that divine power in us that we're living from the inside out. And that power is even quickening our bodies. You got something wrong with your body that needs fixing? The power that raised Jesus from the that dwells in you will quicken it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Now go over to Ephesians. So we've been made righteous. That's the nature of God. Alright? And it happened by identifying with and by faith believing the resurrection of Jesus. Because when He was raised from death to life, we were raised from death to life. When He was raised from sin to righteousness, we were raised from sin to righteousness. He didn't sin. Action. He was made to be sin. Noun. He took it on Himself. He didn't do wrong things, ever. But He absorbed and drew all the sin of humanity into Himself as a sacrifice. So the enemy's been stripped. The only way he gets any leeway is if you let him mess with you and then act like it and talk like it. Because death and life is still in the power of the tongue. So Ephesians chapter 1, where, uh, 15. So we're going to pray together. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which is why you're righteous, huh? and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. We need to identify with Him. We need to get our image from Him. We need to look at Him so we know who we are. You're not going to know what righteousness looks like unless you look at Him. Wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding. There it is. The eyes of your understanding. Remember their eyes were opened? The eyes of our understanding and being enlightened to what? that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead there it is again, the raising from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, 
which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. 19 in the Amplified says this, What is the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of His power in us and for us who believe? as demonstrated in the working of His mighty strength, which He exerted in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His own right hand. That resurrection power is the same power that raised you up to righteousness. It's in us who believe. Right? So, by faith, we believe that power that's in us is active. And what we looked at in Romans 8 was it'll also quicken your mortal body. Why? Because I believe that resurrection power that made me righteous is active. It's doing something. It knows what to do. I don't have to tell resurrection power what to do. I just put it on the job and it knows what to do. You don't have to tell the blessing what to do. You put it on the job, it, it knows how to multiply. It knows how to increase. It knows what to increase. I might not know all the details, but it does. I might not know everything that needs to go on in that garden where Athena was planting those seeds. But I do know this. If I put that seed in that soil, the ground and the seed know what to do. Yeah, exactly. And then depending on what kind of seed it was, I'm looking for some fruit. It doesn't look like a pumpkin yet, but it's got a pumpkin vine. The seed didn't look like a pumpkin. But when all was said and done, I had a pumpkin full of seeds. So that resurrection power that's active in you, that raised you up out of that pit of sin, out of that death, we don't need to think about that junk anymore. It's already been defeated. Sin has been condemned. Now go over to chapter 3. And just look at 19 and 20. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Well, if it passes knowledge and I'm knowing it, that's exceptional. That's something to meditate on. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. There's that righteousness. There's that divine nature again. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that's working in us. Not according to what I know. Not according to my plan. Not according to, okay, I got my faith on this thing and I got to tell God how to do it. All the details. Speak the end from the beginning. He'll fill in the details according to the power that works in us. So, is our faith in the wisdom of men? Is our faith in what we can figure out that we need from Him? Or is it in the power of God that knows what to do? Do you know everything your physical body needs in order to function exactly the way it needs to function? But that resurrection power does. So put your faith in the power. Yeah. Put your faith in the power. 
So just think about it for a moment. What in your life needs to be raised up? What in your life needs to be resurrected? Is there something going on in your mind? Is there something going on in your emotions? Is there something going on in your physical body? Your marriage? Your, your job? Your business? Your finances? You know? Your garden? Is there something going on? Put your faith in the power of God. Amen. Put your faith in the power of God. It's at work. It's energized. It's active in us who believe. According to the power that works in us. More than we can ask or think. Alright? So put your faith on it right now. Now's your opportunity. Whatever it is, just begin to praise God for it. Thank Him for it. Ask Him for it. Do something. If you need to pray with somebody, pray with somebody in agreement. If you'd like us to pray with you up here, come up here. We'll agree with you. Whatever it is. If all is well with you, good. We just watered a bunch of seed. Amen? That's it. That's what I have for you. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.